All right, Andrew. Hey, man. Last, last, I think that's the last episode for the year, no? Yes, indeed. Yes. Um, I was thinking about, you know, doing a little bit more personally, just not to riff on some some political topics or... Mm, yeah, I have something personal to share. Oh, really? Also. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, maybe we. I, I don't know what is what is it, but maybe there's a thing that we that will converge in these two things. Well, I, I discovered that the remedy to AI, you know, in general, is is poetry. I, I need to write poetry, so I'm writing a lot of poetry. That's right. my thing at the moment. Mm. Yeah, I, I know you said mm, like, oh, hmm. <laughs> poets are the most suspicious individuals, you know, you could ever come across. No, not at all. I'm, I'm teasing. No, I'm publishing but, um, poetry with my publishing house, so that's not... Uh, you are, hey? Yeah. What I, what I discovered also, I, there was two things I discovered. One is that I love writing poetry, you know, and I, I want to sort of distance myself from even caring if it's good or not. I just want to do it. You know, I used to write songs, and now I'm writing poems. I also discovered that when I feel an ache, a pain, something like, I don't feel good, right? You know, it could be anxiety, it could be like, I just feel like shit. It's the perfect moment to write a poem or to write right. something because because it, it's it's a way of sort of opening up a new kind of window for yourself, a vista, something, you know, because I it turning the world upside down on its head or 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 so I find it like uh, like I don't like to think of art as therapy, but but I find it it it, it helps my being. It helps me breathe. It helps me feel better in this world of Internet. Especially in this world of internet and newsreels and and all this shit, because I, I there's a choice I could make in that moment. Should I read the New York Times and what's happening in Gaza and get depressed, or, or follow Twitter and and you know look at somebody's ass on Twitter, or you know ass on Twitter? Who's ass? Who's Everybody, ass? Asses are everywhere. I, they're just all over my Facebook feed. All I get is somebody's ass. <laughs> I think I think that's the AI messing with you. <laughs> I I guess the AI is messing, and I'm not even a porn guy. I don't watch porn, but but every time I every time I turn on Facebook, there's somebody's ass in 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 my face, and and so I could look at that, which is which is fine, somewhat distracting, and somewhat you know, yeah. but but or I could look at you know some children's brains you know being blown apart in, in gaza yeah. you know or i could you know i could write a poem or make some tea or you know do something a little bit more you know elevated anyway so that's what i'm that's that's poetry i think is the remedy to ai that's my conclusion well it is certainly and i it's it's strange that you say that because incidentally i was thinking about why why wouldn't you publish a book you know i was thinking about this yesterday because you write so so much so many so many paper so many you know articles and mm. and you know to publish that with parallax i mean that that would be great you know even poems or whatever i like i as i said i do publish poem, poems with my pu german publishing house because i think you know the it, you have to it's, it's a thing of language and how you use language and if you only use let's say uh, uh, concrete operational modernistic language to approach you know the phenomena of our world you kind of limit yourself in what you can perceive and mm -hmm. what you can experience but you know poetry and and poems and all of these kinds of wild experiments that that open up your 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 perception and your you know ex experiential 
interaction with the world and i like those kind of things you know yeah exactly well and also just i've also found that you know i started writing like prosaic things since 2015 you know commentaries on this and that was coming up and you know just because that was what was going on at the time there was some need to respond to all these things that were happening in the culture yeah I guess, since trump and and so i so i started writing these essays that got kind of popular and then at a certain point i felt like I, the, I, you know they were being written by ai you know like i i, I there's just nothing i could say that wasn't already being said and that i was just repeating things that i had heard and there's nothing kind of you know i i it could it could be the writing could become very machine-like right and if it's in prose and then i feel like you know if i write in prose now you know there's all these the machines that are going to come in and fix my language and you know make it easy for me and and, and all that kind of thing and you know you can write a poem on on chat gpt but it's but everybody knows it's shit i mean i think the secret also to writing poetry is it has to be awkward it has to be bad it has to be sort of not bad not bad it has to be good but good in the sense of bad if that makes any sense right it has to be not polished um because everything just gets polished up by machines so easily so unpolished kind of artifacts that's what i'm kind of interested i don't know in what you mean because i mean the greatest poems are kind of polished you know and they they are the greatest ones because they are like uh, using different hexameters and different styles and it's it's you no, know it's german I, I, i'm talking about charles Bukowski here okay i'm not talking about holderlin or <laughs> you know i'm talking about charles Bukowski who has these like beautiful one-liners and or or e. E. cummings which who doesn't who doesn't who doesn't use capital letters or or, the english um, the english um romantic you know writers you know or, or the even the modern ones i mean you know uh uh th there is an art form within embedded absolutely. within so and and it's not just this wild charles bukowski thing i mean you can do this sure and there's completely you know legitimate but i'm saying um, you can also do it in a, in a classical way where there's a certain structure to it and it's not necessarily german <laughs> no no i agree i i know I, I fully agree i just i'm just saying that that's not what i that's not what i want to do and that's not what i'm like i i got very good at writing songs at one point and song a song is a very strict form right you have you have verses and a chorus it's like a sonnet you have to compress everything into a form right in a song and you can you can bend the rules a little bit there has to be a melody right so so a song is very it's a strict form and I, i'm not right. i'm not arguing against that i think that's absolutely necessary but I, but there's also the opposite movement which is the deconstructive of language movement which james joyce and people like that yeah um, brought, brought on the table and and that is that is kind of like like there's a need to break down things when they become too, too structured and and i think that's why the kind of writing I'm doing right now is sort of a reaction to to AI, to to mechanical things becoming too hyper controlled and hyper structured, and and so so I'm 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 in an experimental mode. But I know like people like our, my friend Owen who studied you know classical mythology and things. He's very good at writing in that particular style. But but um, but. Uh, it's also, you know, when you look at, when you try to, I'm sorry, 
when you have an urge because you want to express something you don't, don't know what it is you're looking for i don't know if it's the same for you but i when i when i have the urge to write i'm always looking for something and mm. and and you know with all the things that i'm doing writing is the closest to my heart basically and always you know when i start to write you know some some light goes on and i i yeah. rediscover a part of myself but there's also always like a like a quest because you know there's because you know you could just you know describe a, you know a, a, a non-fiction you can approach a non-fiction topic in a classical way but you also what always kind of bugs me is you know the issue of language itself and you know it's like uh finding new ways of approaching a topic which is unknown and there's mm -hmm. always something unknown which is interesting to me not only in the topic but in the way i'm approaching this yeah yeah i mean i'm not arguing like first you know writing in in the in a way that a night the naive kind of school of writing where you just you write like a child or something I'm not really arguing for that. I think there has you ha I think there has to be a state of mind expressed so there has to be, you know, there has to be a there has to be an art behind it on some level. But the, but the free freestyle of writing is is a bit more like jazz. You have you have different like and then you know all the people the beat poets and and, and whatnot um got very good at that. They weren't writing in a European style. They were writing in a in a style of jazz which is like modal jazz is you have a bunch of sort of themes and you kind of return to them and you kind of so it's very loose but yeah. uh but it has to be authentic you know like miles davis's trumpet you know it's 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 very he, he can go many places with it but it and it, it's not that complex melodically but he can go many places with it and, and it's the, the authenticity of the voice which carries it so so it's it's, it's so that's kind of like that's kind of how my mind works as a North American, you know, you know, a dyslexic, um, you know, guy who brought up on, on, you know, Ellen Ginsberg and things like that. And Henry Miller and Jack Kerouac and all these guys that I read in my, my twenties. Um, and then, and then, you know, and then Ia Cummings and, uh, and then Joyce and all these people who were sort of, they were looking for music and language rather than, uh, you know, you know, I think strict forms are good, but again, we're living in a world that is so, that's such becoming such a cage. It seems like uh, that you need to, to you need to have this sort of movement of mm, dynamite, you know, to the. Yeah, I think most powerful it becomes when you can combine these two things. When you can sure. combine classical form with the expressive, you know, deconstructive kind of modes and and create something, you know, that that mm -hmm. is true powerful, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like yeah. So what yeah. what Picasso did, like the mastery, when he studied the classical painting, and then the older he got, the more you know uh, free. Uh, he was in, in creating his artworks and you know these these completely idiosyncratic kind of ways of painting the same terrace over and over again it's just amazing it is so powerful really but and you, he wasn't you... afraid to be act like to fail right right he wasn't afra afraid to to have his painting be a draft right he, he wasn't afraid he didn't have he, he was unperfecting himself as he as he goes along rather than perfecting oneself towards 
And that was the perfection, was his ability to, you know. So it's it's kind of like it's kind of like how do I how do I break down my reified structures of thinking, um, um, to create some how do I un, it's like unschool, unlearn, un, un um, mechanicalize myself, which is actually there is a discipline to that. It's not a it's not a, a loose free hippie thing, but but it's still an un, it's still an undoing rather than you know what it is an undressing it is process. It's it's mm -hmm. a sacrifice because if you really want to invest in anything, be it like art or a relationship or whatever, it's like if you really want to have, you know, a meaningful and a deep experience, you need to sacrifice something, mm -hmm. you know. And I always yeah. I'm always kind of, um, you know, what what do I want to say? I'm always like so intrigued by by this very fact that people want the one thing but they don't want the other thing. They want to be mm -hmm. like exceptional but they don't want to sacrifice. And you know, mm -hmm. it's like be it like in relationships. Like if you want to have a deep relationship, like it's, you have to sacrifice something meaningful. And I think we talked about this, and the same is true in, in relationship to art. You know, mm -hmm. you have to you have to find that um, that that gives you boundaries and sacrifice that and then to yeah. <clears throat> yeah absolutely and this morning for example just on a banal level like i woke up and i was feeling a little bit you know you know foggy and in the morning and then i, I you know i had to sacrifice my moment of you know hedonistic forgetfulness on internet <laughs> you know um you know or or movies or tv or whatever it happens to be to to sit and not and not not plug in, not engage with that, and engage in something else. And that's like that's a struggle, I think, no. today. Today, because how do we have a clear voice when we're we're, we're inhabited by so many uh, ghosts, so many other voices, so many so many talking heads, and so many philosophies? I think and... that's the issue with uh, with these. I mean, we talked about this before about this kind of literature, which I call like Americana. You know, these kinds of literature that. Um, I think it, you know, that that comes from America is like quasi, quasi spiritual, quasi philosophical, quasi psychological, but really never. You know, it's like I like literature that sacrifices something. You know, that's not just you know a, a regurgitation of what came before, but it's like, you know, you 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 feel that there's a struggle in there. You feel there's a sacrifice not only for the author. But also, you know, for for the issue at hand, and mm -hmm. by, with these with these, you know, literature coming from you know from from our liminal sphere, this kind of literature, I I I never feel there's a peak of a sacrifice. There, it's always it's always a selling point. I'm always, you know, there's there's no, at least that's my feeling. There's no never really like a like, like a deep sacrifice in it. Mm. You know, mm. yeah. Well. Yeah, the the deep sacrifice is is yeah, I guess is 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 when you become uncompromising on some level of you know what you're expressing and, and when you kind of turn your back to the audience, you know. It's like I saw Bob Bob Dylan as an old man play and he was like he had his back to the to the to the audience practically the whole time, you know, he was just, yeah. that he sacrificed the audience. And a lot of the people didn't know what the fuck he was doing because he yeah. was doing new new shit and he didn't want to just play the old songs like he didn't want to just do the repetition he didn't want to give people everything they, they, they he didn't want to give people what they wanted you know 
And we have to sacrifice that also, like giving people what they want and need. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's like if you what, what what I consider a good book is a book that, you know, challenges, you know, worldviews yeah. or my ways that challenges my ways of thinking or by extension, like challenges, you know, a, a culture's way of, of perception, the world and a culture's worldview. And so what I it's like when you read Giorgio Agamemo, Sloterdijk, it's like they 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 found a way and that's why they're great philosophers. They found a way to like completely charge and change the way we, we are perceiving the world. And it's like you read that and, and you're confronted and you have to sacrifice. And and that's, you know, that's that's a completely different kind of literature than, you know, this this, you know, kind of new age capitalistic way of th that's permeated the American culture since the 70s, basically. You know, mm -hmm. since the 80s, you know, it's like it's it's never I have I've just like increasingly issues with these kinds of books. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, like you, you, there's there's different modes of expression. There's the philosophical mode. There's the self-help mode. There's the, you know, but 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 the artistic level, I, I don't know. Like, is it supposed to challenge anything at all? Even I mean, is it supposed to be critical of anything or is it just, you know, is it something even even beyond that? The artistic expression, you mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it's. It, I think it's something beyond the, the, the being critical or beyond right. beyond philosophy in in a sense. Yes, right? I think so too. Uh, it's beyond philosophy. Sorry, friends who are philosophers, we 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 love and respect you, but mm. no, it's like uh, if you if you. I mean, these are different kinds of spheres of engagement, you know, artist, uh, art is always, you know, the, the, has always something to do with, you know, with distorting or intu intuiting, you know, different modes of perception and whatnot. And philosophy is always about ex explaining. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about why I'm sort of anti-philosophy. I'm not anti-philosophy, but there's part of me that that is that is sort of really really wants to be wants to be anti-philosophy not because i don't respect philosophers or how great they are you know i you know we know several really fantastic philosophers who are just completely dedicated to that craft and i absolutely respect that but the move i want to make is is not the philosophical one not the you know not not i want to unwisdom you know i want to un i want to unmake i want to un theorize i want to unconcept things i guess that was a bit heidegger's thing as well he kind of heidegger's thing was like he saw the sort of he saw that it reached a decadence and, and tried to undo it by making more philosophy about unmaking philosophy in a, in a way um creating a clearing and all that that sort of thing but so uh so i've always liked the anti-philosophers more than the pure philosophers you know i've always liked nietzsche and heidegger and... Mm -hmm. but but um again that's just an expression of where i think my particular soul is is, is gravitates towards not yeah on anybody else's um i was reading a quote by bukowski who i like very much Bukowski was saying that like if if you feel like you're losing your soul you still have a soul to lose. Right. And I like that quote. That's something like how I feel when I'm writing poetry. Mm. 
feel like I'm losing my soul in this world because the world is so soulless. And then this is sort of, oh, I'm tasting the remedy of that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm just, you know, intrigued about also the history of kind of poetry, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, how, how it goes through iterations and stages and yeah. be more realistic and then more, you know, Dadaistic. And, you mm -hmm. know, I think like you know, it took me a long time to really understand Dada is, Dadaism and this kind of poetry where it's just um, invocative in, in a way that uh, modern poetry could never do this. And so there are, you know, in Germany, some let's say occult circles that exclusively work with poetry because you know the the invocative power of language and of poetry it's like it's like uh you're doing a ritual you know in automatic writing especially if it's done if you do automatic you know poetry in forms of automatic writing you know so you can mm -hmm. you know the un invoke these kinds of powers and archetypes and change your perception of the world i always lo love this kind of experimental mode of engaging with the world because you know you know half of it and half of it you don't and that's the interesting thing mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right. you know that's why you have to invoke the muse so so for me it's like the process of writing right now involves a, a serious evocation you know of of the muse yeah of, of the goddess if you like you know and and it, it, it is, it is, I almost say ritualistic and, and religious and, and, all, and all these kind of things, even though whatever comes out the other end, you might, you might not recognize that, but this invocation thing is something that people have kind of forgotten how to do. It needs yeah. to be re relearned, a kind of an invocation. Because uh, I think everything is, is about preparation, right? So you prepare and 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 then and then something happens quite easily, but but every but ninety nine percent of it is is preparation and invocation and inviting the energies into into your your body and 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 asking them to take over from your own banal ego, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm still I'm still I'm still you know wondering, you know, about this part of sacrifice and pain like in mm -hmm. art in life and mm -hmm. relationship mm -hmm. it's like if you if you could make the greatest for you the greatest poem right the the deepest expression of what you call your soul right yeah. and you will find a way to uh, to access that and bring that into being you know when you think you you got the perfect for you the perfect poem whatever that is but then you will never you have to pay that with with something you know you mm -hmm. will lose something or you will you will never see the light that clearly but you have seen it you have known but you will never reach again so, so now you're getting personal on us tom no no i'm asking you I'm, i was asking that myself you know so the price yeah. we have to pay for the deep experiences that we seek out mm -hmm. you know so yeah, yeah because like called that, that being obligation debt, right? You have to. Right. Who said to, that? Gurchev. Gurchev. He says we have to pay a being obligation debt. Mm -hmm. You know. Could you could you elaborate on that? Well, you know, for you know, for you, know, you have you have to you have to. Um, 
you have to give something up of your of your energy he called it the work and you don't have to do that work right you can't just if if you're if you're if you receive unmerited gifts they always turn against you you know so so you need to merit it through the work you know so so that's the, the you have to sacrifice your being your energy your time your your concentration into the task at hand and uh and that that is that is being your 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 being obligation debt so you're not you're not just born and then you die you're born with an obligation a debt to give something back to you know if you're religious you would say god or the divine but to give something um the be that's the being obligation debt so you know even the sufis had this idea that you know if you if you go into deep samadhi you know deep concentration that you're giving you you need to do that or else there'll be war and that's just kind of a mythological idea if you don't if you don't give those if you don't give something back to the divine then you just become mechanical and you you spiral into conflict and and then there is there there is war so so often the reason war happens it seems absurd why people just start killing each other it's because they're just they haven't they haven't made that obligate they haven't they have the, the the culture or the individual or hasn't made that particular sacrifice um so so then the then some sort of demon takes over the whole society or and and then and it just leads to to ruin mm. so even when so if you're doing meditation or something you it doesn't feel like a very utilitarian practical thing to do but but if you're focusing towards you know a, a sublime task I think you're I think that's that's actually that's actually anti anti-war you know behavior but don't don't you agree that like if you if you really do I mean and you know my stance toward this my stance is that you know the very sublime meditative states they're mm -hmm. like on on a you know, culturally speaking like on a Pareto scale Like everything else, you know, there there can't there can be just you know a certain amount of Picassos, and the majority of painters are some not there. There are like oh, yeah. a couple of those, and so there's like a Pareto distribution. And so, don't you agree that you know these people that actually do attain these high states of meditation or you know spiritual enlightenment, there is also always like an implicit cost. You know, and this impl implicit cost is, you know, in most of the cases, it's in, in the first moment, it's not known, but you pay. The more extreme your experience is and your achievement in, in whatever mm -hmm. realm, the, the higher the cost there is. And, and our society, it's, it's kind of, you know, uh, you know, like found an attractor where effort and cost is, is kind of minimal. You know, you yeah, that's why that you have a comfort life and, and mm -hmm. you can flow by, you know, for 60 years and then some sickness. But if you really want to excel, then you have to pay. And it's always, always very painful. And yeah, but it's also equally as joyful and, and, and intensely joyful as well. Like it's a, it's called the, called, uh, you know, masuka great joy as well. So it is intensely painful and intensely joyful simultaneously. That's kind of how I see it. And people don't want either. They want right. just to live in this kind of mediocre, mediocre fog and be safe, you know, and that's, that's most people. 
you know, just be safe, be in this fog and be safe and have, have it, have an okay life where nothing too bad happens and, you know, and, uh, and g- get your kicks. Um, right. and, that's and, not and then die. but that's, that's everybody. not, you know, a very big sacrifice, but right. even those people have to sacrifice something if they want a family or a job, but they have to make some little sacrifice. And right. so there is a sacrifice going down on every level of, of experience, right. Or, or an exchange of energies, you could say. I mean, Gertz is very profound in, in how he talked about that exchange of energies and on all the different levels. But I think the reason we, the, I think Luke's name for the course is very good, the hard way, because right. that's what, that's what's needed for, 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 for greatness. Um, you can't, you can't, you can't sort of slip into some non-dual state just because you're lucky, uh, you know, um, where you, because the non-dual people, the new invited people say, oh, you know, there's nothing, there's nobody, everything is peace and blah, blah, blah. And, and often they behave like total assholes or something. They're just not really, they, 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 they've, they've, they've gone into a pseudo eros as, as Mark calls it, or a pseudo, pseudo um, spiritual state. And, but 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 the real thing, again, it's good to think of it as as, a hard, as hard because because then we as, as the hard way because then then something is at stake and then oh yeah well, I was talking about this also there's being and there's becoming being is not hard being is just a child playing with toys and it's beautiful and it's what it's flowers and you know and then becoming is this is is full of pain and sacrifice yeah. That's what I mean. And so I think like Zach Stein, he talks about, you know, that crisis is, you know, the uh, foremost element of transformation. And Mm. so is catastrophe. And it's Mm. like you if you if you really want to have spiritual attainment, it's like, no, you have to have a crisis like St. Francis from Assisi. It's like Mm. that. That is severe, severe pain. And yes, there's embedded in, in the in the you know realization there's ultimate joy and everything but again it's like you can't have you can't have anything of deep value without you know profound pain and crisis and and everything mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and it's like what you do it's like in our society it's like imagine you you uh you, you actually do find some form of enlightenment there's there's so much pain involved to trans to try to translate that into normal behavior into normal being because there are some things that you just can't connect with the people with anymore it's just because you're so far out there and mm-hmm. you know so the 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 secondary uh thing of of certain peak experiences, it's it's, it's translation into in, in embodiment yes. and incarnation. I guess yes, the incarnating incarnation process is painful as well, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and it's like it's like everybody and you know I, I wrote this paper. I think like everybody kind of tries to be spiritual nowadays, like in Boulder or in Ibiza or like wherever, in in Burning Man. But how the question is like, uh, how would you scale your your pain and suffering really, and your crisis in in mm-hmm. in relationship to these kinds of things, or like in in terms of artistic endeavors, what are you willing to endure? Um, yeah. And so, and and and, and so yeah. Mm. Yeah, the word endure is is it means hard as well. Endure in French, um, become hard. 
So I think often people endure and that's what's wrong, actually. Like I could make another, I could look at the other side of this. It's not about enduring. It's about, it's about, you know, it's about kind of spirit and strength and kind of like breaking through the Gorgon's knot, not just enduring existence. Right. But still enduring is a crucial part of it. It's not the only part, but be, yeah. you know, you have to be able to endure. Yeah. Even if you just sit in meditation for five hours, that's some endurance training for your legs. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for your emotions, whatnot. Yeah. Well, if you're in a relationship, so I was wondering, it's like, you know, because all so I'm still working with Wilbur's book on religion of tomorrow. And what I noticed is like, and so he he always refers to this, this, you know, this the systems that we have. They're so old, you know, they're so traditional, they're like thousands of years old. And and they they follow a certain let's say they follow a certain coding, you know. And what's completely missing from from all of these kinds of approaches is kind of a relationship yoga. You know, we have we have Jnana yoga, the, the yoga of philosophy. We have, oh. you know, bhakti yoga, like the uh, your devotion to God. You have hatha yoga, you have Jnana, uh, Raja yoga and all these. What you don't have is illumination through relationship with the partner. I mean, mm. maybe you have that. I don't know how that is in, 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 in Buddhism, but, you know, it's like at least in the West, it's not that, you know, yeah, that relationship is a way religion relationship is a way to find the most sublime states of enlightenment yeah. you know and 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 there's there's a certain coding with this and that's completely missing from all of this literature that you can well i mean it's not for everybody but i mean relationship uh, enlightenment is not for everybody but if you really if you really um uh attuned to this You, you can achieve through relationships so much. If, if the chemistry, and I mean chemistry, is just yeah. right, it propels yeah. you like... Um, well, like, in the Eastern traditions, they have interesting kind of um, systems where you have a consort or something like that, and you, you do yoga, sexual yogas together. And then it's actually not like you, you'd want to achieve fusion with that person, right? Um, you want to go beyond attachment, <laughs> right? So it's kind of is it right, right? So, so I think I think we mistake relationship as fusion, uh, and that's the problem with the romantic relationship. You fuse with with your other half, and you become one, or or something like something like that. And that's pe what people look for in relationship. But actual relationship is 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 never 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 a fusion with 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 the relative, you know, because you can't fuse with the relative. It, it, it's doesn't work and so um so anyway so if you some people on, on the yoga path might have a consort and and have to work through their attachment with that person having all these experience blissful painful experiences with that person and then and then move on because just being there would be a so that's a that's a more refined kind of thing um Maybe it could be, but I, there, then there's also just love, right? Which is, which is, I mean, bhakti yoga is all about, about, about just becoming intensely in love. I think, I think that's what bhakti yoga is. Now, originally, it's mean devotion to God. No, it's like I which means the, the the same thing, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah, but I mean something different with relationship yoga because I mean yeah. it's like you have the. You very mean in a couple. Yes. 
I mean, I mean, it's like uh, you have, you know, the very, I, I mean, still fulfilling, but still banal kind of concepts of, you know, fusion, what you say and, and harmony and all of this. But I think you, like equally like in meditation or every yoga, you can scale it up, right? Where, where, where when it's just right, you, you um, can use it to, you know, attain similar states than in meditation, and yeah. and there's and there's no not a lot of literature about because it's it's such a complex chem, because chemistry be it like hormonal be it psychological be it whatever it's such a weird thing um that that it's very hard to describe how how that scaling works but i still think it is possible yeah you know to to um get rid of all the attachment that are you know necessarily part of relationships and that's the you know ego non-ego autonomy community uh, all of these kinds of things can fall away but then again you also have to practice and you have to sacrifice all the things that make make the relationship kind of earthly mm -hmm. you know yeah and i and i think the mis yeah i think i think also the mistake people get is like you talk about attaining states but when it, as soon as you attain a state, it, that that state becomes a kind of a trap, kind of like like Ulysses on his his islands where he meets you know all the you know the the sirens or it, you get into states of bliss and that you know that I mean I've heard this described uh, by people by somebody and, and by people and and that you know uh, you you do a, like in in our tradition you do deity yoga and if you if you attain deity yoga you're in such an incredible state of bliss um, right. that it's almost unbearable. And then after a while that becomes a really dangerous trap, uh, you know, and, and, and it's actually that state of bliss becomes dangerous. Um, and if you don't get out of that, you're in, you're in big trouble. <laughs> so you have to move yeah. into a state of, of nothingness, uh, no thingness. Right. And then the state, that state also is, 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 is not a, not a full state, fully realized place to be because nothingness is like this is how i've heard it described again I, i'm only I'm, this is you know secondary information i haven't attained these states myself but but i've heard it described as the state of nothingness being that that you just lose the any all your existential anxiety completely right. there's no more there's no more suffering and you just could just die of be no problem this is how i've heard it described and then but th but then you need to be rescued from that state as well because that, that that state is obviously just useless right finally you know because you have to come to the world and like in the in the zen oxford pictures you have to come back to the world back to the marketplace with open hands and 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 uh you know you know bring some of your journey back into the into the system so right so then, then i guess the ultimate enlightenment is, is is beyond all states right that's how it's usually described right so so people get stuck in states um which talking are, which about is, debt again. yes isn't mm -hmm. the point right yeah. yeah because then you have to pay up and you can't and that's the, and the cost for trying to stay there is is enormous it's like it's uh -huh. un, it's like yeah you know yeah so i mean i've heard sacrifice mm -hmm. stories of somebody in just such incredible states of bliss and then after a while they were just crying and weeping and it was just terrible because they they that just it becomes pain or, or something so you know it's, it's interesting right. this pain bliss di dynamic i think the tantric schools are there to just sort of 
you know, exhaust, you take, go, go fully through that as, as completely and totally and, and intensely as you can. Um, and then come out the other, the other end. Um, I mean, the interesting thing about this is, you know, we, we, we tend to think of Jesus, baby Jesus story. Sorry. Um, you know, as a kind of scapegoat mechanism, you know, that he was uh, uh, sacrificed to, for whatever cultural purpose. But, you know, the other way to read this is, you know, that he had to sacrifice himself in order to become God. There's a pain, there's all, you know, this debt, and you always find, find this debt with all these kind of people that are so hugely part of our culture that, I mean, yes, there's enlightenment, but then there's also, you know, this huge debt that they had to pay, you know, from, because he knew what will happen, you know, in, in the Garden Gethsemane, he knew exactly what, what will happen, but he had to take He had to take the cross. It's not just, you know, a cultural scapegoat mechanism. It's also in you know, a personal decision to bear the cross in a kind of way, you know. And uh -huh. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, G Gerard would, would say that that would be the lie that it's, you know, that that, he, that 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 would be the false scapegoat, right? The false scapegoat would be that he died for our sins or something like that. But this I'm not is saying like a, this. This is a terrible inter interpretation. Whereas, whereas, the right interpretation, um, the right interpretation is that we have to do that. Um, that's what he's saying. We we have to take on the, the the suffering, you know, to a certain extent, rather than 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 project that out towards other people and create conflict. Yeah, I'm not saying this that he did this to relieve us of, of our sins. I'm saying. You know, from an individual perspective, that Jesus as a person, right? Mm -hmm. Not yeah. as a cultural phenomenon, as a person, you know, as a symbol for what we can achieve. You know, you have to, in a way, make the decision to sacrifice your life in a kind of way if you want to identify with God. Yeah. And so he took on the cross purposefully. And in, yeah. in a way, um, you know, this is true for, for all of these kinds of um, people. Yeah. But I was like, if that's a critique of Gerard, I think Gerard would agree with you. No, 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 I'm not critiquing what, what, what Gerard. It's like, mm -hmm. I think that there are different, you know, uh, you know, perspectives that are equally valid. I'm, I'm, you know, it makes perfectly sense if you look at, you know, the Wilberian kind of lower left quadrant and the cultural mechanisms that are at play. But if mm -hmm. you then, then Gerard is certainly true. But if you switch to like the upper upper left quadrant, the more individual, that's like, no, no, there's a person that has to make a decision. And Jesus, mm -hmm. baby Jesus Christ made the decision. Right? Or maybe he didn't. Maybe he was just crucified, you know, and he wasn't expecting that. Maybe he was expecting Well, in the Garden else. Gethsemane, he made the decision. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's written by the disciples 100 years later. Uh, you know, Everything is written by the disciples. You know, there's no, yeah. there's no film... Yeah, yeah, documentary style. Well, I read an interesting psychological book about Jesus, kind of claiming that he was the ultimate revolutionary, right? He just, and he was planning a revolution and his revolution sort of failed and he got crucified. And then after, but, but what he did was so powerful because <laughs> the disciples would obviously interpret it like that and, you know, create, create Christianity, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. Um, 
that he's like he makes he makes like Marx and Lenin and Trotsky and all those guys look like you know look like uh, you know kindergarten uh, revolutionaries <laughs> compared to what Jesus was as a rev like Jesus was a revolutionary that was the the thesis of this book just the psychology psychology of how he approached um you know the empire yeah but anyway you're talking about something else but 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 then there's just the fact that he was just crucified just killed you know and he was innocent you know and um yeah uh, um that's that's the more gerard wants to strip away the mythological level or the even the um you know yeah, but isn't level. it fascinating that as an occult symbol you know jesus still for the last and for the last two thousand years and still you know invokes uh you know argument and discussion and you know interpretations of what it is it's yeah. as an occult symbol it's immensely powerful independently of if there was a real person jesus oh absolutely you know, just, so it's super interesting that for two thousand years we're still arguing about this it's interesting to me you know and it is a, sort of the ultimate occult symbol isn't it yeah like what does that mean what the fuck like you know um, why why is this the, the 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 ultimate symbol of a world religion with a mil billion people is a guy a guy being you know you know nailed to a cross and what's going on there what the fuck you know it's like I remember feeling that as 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 even as a child it's like what the fuck yeah, but it's saying it you know it's talking about the crucifixion of the ego right that why is, is it the so spiritual yes. spiritual mm. alchemical process that we need to, to kind of go through and on some level uh, that we all do in one way or another yeah that's why it's so universal i think so for me it's yeah i i, I mean still we are we're we are approaching christmas you know in two days three days mm. you know it's like everything is structured around this this powerful idea still and we are we are claiming to be so enlightened and and so wise but it's like i was seeking again it's like with this with these books this americana it's like oh no we need new values and like, yada 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 it's like no just how about looking at the values that we're acting acting upon you know right now and it's like there's this discussion you know i saw that on facebook um you know um that our our spirituality is you know mostly protestant you know and then a woman that we both know was saying, well, no, I, I'm, I'm not a practicing cr 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 Christian, you know, and it's like, no, it's, but we are, we are all, we are all, we're acting, all Protestants. Yeah. yeah. We are all acting like culturally speaking, yeah. you know, and, and it's like, instead of looking for new values, maybe, maybe we should look at the old ones first. And then there's this occult symbol that, you know, it's like that we are collectively, praying to next this sunday on you know although nobody really identifies with it it's like it's nobody like, identifies with it at all anymore believes in it or anything but it's still there it doesn't go yeah, yeah. away it's yeah. like it's like no the people you couldn't have a less religious holiday really like <laughs> yeah. there's, it's the most unreligious holiday that ever existed christmas yeah. and yet the fun you know you know and it's become the opposite of what it's supposed to be but 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 then people still that that's still there it's, it's, it's just doesn't go away that's my because it's true i mean i mean it, there's something true right 
about that. I mean, this is why I argue with people who are sort of like radically anti-Christian, you know, um, even though I'm not a Christian and I don't want to be a Christian, but I, I think there's, I think the story of Christ is true. Like it has all the archetypes in it, you know, everything is there. It's, it's complete. It's a complete, it's a complete story. Of, so that's know. already like an interpretation. I would say it's true because it's there. What's the difference? Because it's like, um, you know, I was thinking about, you know, so there are waves. I try to make like a metaphor now. And so a wave is true in the context of like the Mediterranean Sea. A wave that doesn't appear mm-hmm. is not true, right? And, and, and the symbol of Christ, whatever it means, you know, whatever of the thousand and myriad interpretation of what the symbol means, it doesn't really, it's not, it's, it's not the point. The point is that the wave is still there. It's still true. Yeah. It's like, it's like yeah. we don't know what it means. It's true, truthiness or truthness comes directly from, from its existence. And we, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's weird. Well, also, what is true, a true symbol system, you know, uh, never exhausts its meaning. It's never becomes like, this is the meaning. It's always, it, it, there's an openness to all the symbols. Like they could be, there's there's an infinite variety of, as you say, of interpretation of what they could be. And that's that's what makes them true and not ju- just, you know, strict ideology, uh, right? Right. Um, that's what makes them true and not ideological. That's why I think stories, these kind of stories are, are more true than than any modern ideology, you know, because they're, because they can't be they can't be pinned down and explained or or even or or, or exhausted in 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 any way they're infinite in in, in their you know uh, potential of interpretation and, and meaning so um so that's what that's why i would say they're, they're true not because it's true what jesus said and yeah, this I and that and, and you know uh it's not like the, it's not a dogmatic truth at all it's just the truth it's just it's just true because it's deep and 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 infinite <laughs> I mean, you know what the weird thing potential. is potential the weird thing is if you if you should if you i mean like put yourself in a position of a god who would who is about to set up a, like a western uh, you have to re redesign like a western you know civilization and then you see okay at the center of it all is like a mimetic core idea that holds everything together and you can create the atom bomb and music and you can have the enlightenment and you know integral meta like everything but what the still which holds everything together is is one symbol and it's kind of weird like if you had to reverse engineer it that's nearly impossible so like how did we collectively come up with an idea that we are still you know gravitating around it's super it's super weird if you like who did this why did we do it? which intelligence and i'm not referring to god it's like it's like like as as a as a design problem uh-huh, uh-huh. like how would you come up with that shit like this that you have like an idea that as you well, said, you don't come out with it it comes up yeah, <laughs> but, how you know, why it emerges it's a, and why? It, uh, people use this word emergence what emerges it, it emerged probably it's there, there is there is a process of un, trying to understand what what's going on i think that's why i think it's and to deal with our our suffering i think it all comes down to i mean that's why the cross is also a symbol of suffering and so our big question is like why are we suffering and why are we here and why do we die and you know 
so right. so 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 it's just a symbol of suffering but you know i have behind me like a, a yabyung which is a symbol of you know of 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 union and, and beauty and joy and transfer you know the opposite right i'd like to put those two things together i'd like if you had a cross and and, and a yabyung you know and yeah. then then you'd have a full then you'd have the full story um because if you just have a cross then then you then this is why society is so morbidly protestant i th- i feel that they're just obsessed with the cross on, on some level and and they don't they don't have that mahasuka of you know the other side um That's like they have the sutric but they don't have the, the the you know the tantric you know again i mean i think there is that that it that does exist within christianity somewhere and very hidden forms and, and could emerge on in some level but most of it is just protestant you know it's, it's like the cross without the the rose or yeah but still why interesting no... though why why you know you have a cross representing pain and suffering it's like a weird it's like a weird construction right to mm. to signify um the sacrifices and the depth the depth that we have to pay in a kind of way you know why What's weird Don't about you that? think it's a strange? Why not? Why not take a, a meat like, cleaver? Like, yeah, meat cleaver or like a vagina dentata. You know, as for the existential pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. why? Why? Uh, you know, it's like I mean, there are certainly studies about this, but it's like I find those things just interesting from from a phenomenological standpoint. You know, well, it's sort of the four directions, and it's the center. He's in, you know. And also the fact that Jesus is like he's hanging over. Even Illich talked about this. He's 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 removed from the earth, right? Um. It's it's uh he's is between heaven and earth. He's, you know, the biggest. I think crucifixion was the biggest shame because because you didn't get a proper burial and you were you were removed from your your earth. You were you were hanging above the earth. And uh, this is kind of like you know the disembodiment of modernity or something that's one interpretation no i mean i've read lots of stuff about the icono icono yeah uh, what's it called the the iconography from the the cross itself but still it's like there are other possibilities Mm -hmm. why we you know to depict that because other cultures depict that differently that we kind of you know zoned in on on the you know to well, there's always a tree, right? Uh, you know, there's the ancient tree in, in you know, in uh, in Slavic mythology. I forget what it's yeah. called, or Nordic mythology. And then there's the tree of life in Kabbalah. Yeah. And it's the tree of death. So it's like it's like the Svirat or the tree of life, devoid of all the attributes, just naked, barren, you know, empty of anything, and then and then and then a, a death hanging on it. Mm. Um. Yeah, and now we have this Christmas tree or something. It's like the op- sort of the you know try to trying to we have death, and then the Christmas tree is sort of like the the you know bringing ornateness and greenness and, and beauty back into the world. You know, in the moment of darkness and the transformation and yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we think we're so enlightened. Give me a break. Yeah, we're so we're so not enlightened. I mean, we're so just unbelievably not even even you know even maybe we have some nice ideas that we got in the enlightenment you know to help us with science and that's very a good achievement but 
Please talk about only yourself, Andrew. Hmm? <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm not very enlightened. What about you, Tom? You were, you, you started saying that you wanted to be personal here, Tom. I want, I want to hear some. Oh, more no, no, we, we personal were, we were shit. Very... I want to hear some more personal shit from you. Come on, give our listeners something to hear that, that they yes, can chew I on. Yes, I wish you all a very, oh, very nice. Off. Very nice Christmas and happy holidays. And I think we will hear each other uh, next year again. You, you uh, didn't even mention titties and, and, or, or any of that. Oh no, no, now you do. It's a performative contradiction. Now we are. Let's let's end on some titties. You know, uh, some some. What are the, the the thing that you put on the nipples? You know, what are they called? Um, twirly things. Twirly, these twirly things. They have a name. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I bet I, I forget. Yeah, there's somebody. Some some very talented women can make them spin around. Right? <laughs> they should have like yeah. like like Christmas hats as twirlies or something. Twirlies. How do you do that? That must be a very. You must be very talented to do something like. It's just just an amazing world, Tom. It's just a, such an incredibly beautiful world we live in. <laughs> <laughs> That yes. people that like women with cowboy hats and rhinestone cowboy hats. I have this image of just like, you know, a Christmas tree hat and then her little titties and then these things spinning around. It's like, wouldn't that be that? Doesn't that make that, you feel good to be alive? Yes. Wouldn't that be the perfect nativity scene? You know, Christ on the cross and some hookers twirling their Christmas <laughs> trend, uh, nipple yeah. covers, whatever. Mm -hmm. That, yeah. you know, wouldn't be that, that the perfect perfect depiction of our culture you know that would be it that's what we are yeah we're you know they're the sublime and the ridiculous you know <laughs> yeah, yeah i would think so yeah we are that girls twerking you know while jesus is dying i think that's that's the image you know oh my god tom you don't give don't give some people ideas out there <laughs> you might no, just no, appear I'm, I'm just... you know how things just appear in the internet like Everything is so synchronistic. You have a thought. Oh, you yeah. thought that. You're going to see that in a moment. You're going to go online and you're going to have a. There's an image of that is going to appear on Twitter. And it's because so. an AI is going to have heard our conversation. And, and yes, that's what's going to happen, man. It's just like we're, we're entering this insanely bizarre bardo. Uh, if we're on the right track, that should happen. I, I'm yeah. not fearing this. I'm looking no. forward. I'm looking as a confirmation as if you're right about what we're saying, then that will appear. And so I urge everybody who listens to this fucking podcast, if you see that image out there, yeah. Christ, you know, Christ and twerking. Christ, yeah, Christ and, and, and nipples, and nipples then, spinning around. Then get back to us and, yeah. you know. And, and send so, it out and we'll just prove to you that it's like that, that, you know, miracles do happen. <laughs> there are there, <laughs> miracles do happen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Jesus could walk on water. You know, all of that cynicism and modernity, modernity is just you know a load of crap. We've we've proved it. Yes. So let's look the up AIs this. with the AIs and with Jesus, and Jesus is in the AI. Yeah. You know, basically that's what we're saying. He's he's there. He's don't worry, everybody. Jesus is 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 in the AI. Yeah, <laughs> good old Jesus in the A, and and we're all going to be okay. Um, happy holiday! Hi, happy holidays! Hey, happy holidays, to you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we should end off. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>